0: This is the day that the Lord has made let us be be glad. I am glad to see that everyone did not let the heat or the holiday keep you from coming to worship today um, what was that
1: free air <laughs> all right
0: free air conditioning there's one of your joys Walt <laughs> As we find our way back to our seats, I want to invite you to take a moment to register your attendance in the registration pads that you will find in the pews. If you're a visitor in our midst, we do have a small gift for you. Allen family, I'm going to invite you, not all eight of you to take mugs, please. For those of you who don't know, as I'm making that, drawing that attention, this uh, fourth fr- pew from the back is my family. My parents, my brother, my sister-in-law, my nieces, and my cousins. <laughs> so, so they they are here so that we can worship and celebrate September birthdays uh, after worship this morning. So we're glad to have you with us in worship. If a couple of you would like mugs to know what's going on in the church, great. But you're going to go to your own home Methodist churches, so we understand. I'm going to encourage (laughs) Kagan to take one because he actually lives locally though. So we we want to get him in our worship on a regular basis. With that, let's center our hearts for prayer or for worship by standing and joining together in our hymn of celebration, number 89, Joyful, Joyful, we adore thee.
2: seated, please. Let's center ourselves and and be in prayer. Holy God, we are thankful people who are touched by your spirit and changed through that encounter. And so we see things a little differently now, and we recognize that all of our life is in your hands. We remind ourselves of that as we come and gather in worship and raise joys and concerns, knowing already before we give voice to these that your attentive presence is with us, drawing us forward to greater health, to truer love, to deeper and more effective faith. We recognize that all too often we are not quite the children that you would have us be, and so as we enter into this time of prayer on this holy day in which we observe your sacrament, we would ask that you would forgive our sins and cleanse us from any unrighteousness. The gift of your grace is powerful and we rejoice that we can lay down our burdens, our shame and our guilt at your altar and be lifted up anew. We give you thanks for this. We pray that you would nurture those who are concerned about Our world, that you would invest the leaders in different places and in different organizations who can have an effect upon how things unfold to be people of goodwill and to find their ways forward that the human community might be more in the way you would have us be. And we seek to make that love and peace a reality in our own lives, the way we work in our families and in our community. We seek your inspiration to have that be true. Guide us forward. Help us to find ways to make real our faith. Help us to find ways to grow further in our faith. In the holy name of Jesus, we pray this. Amen. The ushers will now uh, pass plates among you to give you the opportunity to lift up a sign of your discipleship to Christ Jesus, a way by which you might make an impact in our community and world. You want to. our labor, empowered by you, O God. We give you thanks. We offer them back. May they be used to spread your gospel and to build your kingdom. Amen.
3: part of Don in this morning, <laughs> and with that, I will ask you to please listen and receive a reading from the Word of God. May we affirm our faith with joy and a willing spirit as we hear today's scripture. Our first reading is from Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 through 9. Our second reading is from Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 12 through 19. But we appeal to you, brothers and sisters, to respect those who labor among you and have charge of you in the Lord and admonish you. Esteem them very highly in love because of their work. Be at peace among yourselves. And we urge you, beloved, to admonish the idlers encourage the faint-hearted help the weak be patient with all of them see that none of you repays evil for evil but always seek to do good to one another and to all rejoice always pray without ceasing give thanks in all circumstances for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Do not quench the spirit. This is God's word to God's people.
0: Please join me in a moment of prayer. Awesome and almighty God, we thank you for this day for the reminder to rejoice in you always, for the reminder that there are those who labor and work hard to bring about your kingdom. And for that, we give thanks. We give thanks for those that are within our community who do just that. But we also give thanks for those that are faint of heart, are weary and weak, And we ask that you give blessing to them as well. And allow us to truly be your people of faith together, walking with each other, working and resting, resting and working, so that we can be present to the fullness of your love. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable unto you, our Lord, our Rock and our Redeemer. Amen. Rejoice in the Lord always, again I say rejoice, rejoice in the Lord always, again I say rejoice, 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 again I say rejoice, 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 again I say rejoice, I'm going to stop there, I'm going to stop there, good job, I like the energy. I'm not the singer in the family, I'll leave that to my dad, but thank you for joining along with me and singing with me. That song and that scripture feed my soul on a regular basis. It's one of those things that reminds me that when times are difficult, when I feel like the world is at my back and the people are trying to get me down, my energy and my enthusiasm comes from the Lord. It comes from a place that I can be centered and set. Some of us have morning playlists. Maybe you do, maybe you don't. I know that Warren does in the back, he's waving his hand. And he has a series of songs that he listens to as the day begins to prepare him for what is to unfold. And each one has a slightly different message and a slightly different tune, but they all have the effort of energizing him and preparing him for the day ahead. The first scripture that we had this morning can be our fight song. There's a commercial that came out in 2004 for a headphone company that was a football player who was preparing for the game ahead. And as he was listening to the music in his noise-reducing and noise-canceling headphones, the chaos of the world was going on around him. Teammates from the—or not teammates— Fans from the opposing team were, were hurling things at his bus. They were shouting unpositive, unhelpful statements at him. And he was able to tune them all out because of the fact that he had the song playing that was preparing him for the day ahead. This scripture can prepare us for the day, for the weeks, for, for everything that's ahead of us in remembering that God is there, that we're supposed to rejoice And it invites us to focus on the things that bring us life-giving possibilities instead of life-defeating possibilities. I love the passage that talks about whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is pleasing, whatever is commendable, focus on those things. It's important to focus on the things that give are firsts to God. Pastor Walt, for the last few weeks, has been preaching a sermon series on faith and action, bringing them together. Whether it's our faith and our actions, our beliefs and our behaviors, how do we bring them together? In, in my seminary, we talked a lot about a word, both and. I think that that's what Pastor Walt is talking about when he talks about our faith and our actions Working together, because we need to be in a place where our faith is influenced by our actions, and our actions are inspired by our faith. I say this because when I was in seminary, there were times where I was encouraged, and then there were times where I was disappointed. Because I had friends that were great prayers. They could write a liturgy that would bring you to tears, But they were very slow to get out into the community and to live out their faith beyond the worshiping realm. And then I had classmates who were really good at social action. They were really good at going to protests. They were really good at standing up for the underdog. But sometimes it felt like their actions were based for secular reasons as opposed to being inspired by God. It's only when we live in that both and reality of recognizing that both are needed and it's only then that we live our lives to the full ex- extent that we are able to truly pray without ceasing, rejoice in God always, and let our lives be one that is thanksgiving to God. This has been an amazing week, both spiritually, personally, and amazing in The level of heartache and despair, natural disasters, and national and global threats to our world. We think about the hurricane that hit the Gulf Coast, the hurricane that's coming up shortly to the Florida area. We think about the fires that are going on in our surrounding area. Uh, One of the fires that was in the Simi area was less than a mile from our house. It was put out very quickly, and for that we are very thankful. If any of you drive into Simi Valley from the 118, you'll see that the smiley face now has a new hairdo. Um, (laughs) You know the reference, excellent. but we're thankful for the quick response of our firefighters and the ways in which they were able to offer assistance. I go back to the scripture about focusing on what is pure, honorable, just. The list goes on and on, because as we look at the responses in the world, to the ways that, or to the situations that have unfolded. We see some responses that we're proud of and some responses that we're a little disappointed in. Joel Olstein, some of you know who he is. He's a pastor of mega Church in, in Houston, Texas. And some of you probably feel like he got what he deserved in social media. And some of you probably feel like he took a lot of flack and he didn't really deserve it. One of the things that I found most interesting is that while we were on a clergy convocation, restoring and renewing our soul, our guest speaker, Brian McLaren, spoke about Joel Osteen. And he reminded us, while Joel might not have acted as quickly as some of us would have liked, we need to appreciate and celebrate that most of the people that are attending his church now are people who attended other churches as they were growing up, churches that taught you who to hate and how to hate them. And they are now attending a church that teaches them to celebrate and rejoice in the Lord. Their social action may not be there yet, but they got there. They did open their doors. And one of the things that we need to remember when we point our finger at someone else, We have three fingers pointing back at ourselves, and we need to take the time to evaluate the judgment and the condemnation that we're putting on them to see how we live in that reality as well. I rejoice in mattress store owners who opened their door and said, despite the fact that I'm gonna lose profit and the fact that you are going to sleep on these beds, I would rather you have shelter than worry about my bottom line. I rejoice in that. I rejoice when the earthquake hit this area in 1994 and the bypass between Santa Clarita and the valley was blocked. The church at Santa Clarita opened up their doors with the support of the the grocery store down the street. As they lost electricity, they called the church and said, we've got all this meat that's about to go bad. Is there anything you can do with it? And the church said, yes. Get the word out, we'll light up our grills and we'll start cooking. And they did a community picnic to support their community. We have an opportunity as a church on a regular basis to quench the spirit or to live in the spirit and to listen to the spirit's nudgings and guidance and direction. I don't know about you, but I tend to be someone that's really quick when I get this aha moment of, ooh, I should do that. Very quickly I also go, but I can't do that because of this. I can't do that because of that. I can't do this. Oh, somebody else is already doing that. And we need to work to not let that happen because there are times when the Holy Spirit's trying to do something profound through us that we stop and quench the Holy Spirit before we have the chance to see what could happen. One of the ways to do that, in addition to morning playlists, Warren also loves to listen to books on Audible. And one of the books that he listened to was The Five Second Rule. That is not the five second rule that if something falls on the floor for five (laughs) seconds, you can eat it. But it's a five second rule of when you get a great inspiration, an epiphany, the nudge of the Holy Spirit, you say, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, and you go and do it without letting those doubts, those questions, those things that can hinder you get in the way. I hope and pray that we as a community can be people that listen to the Holy Spirit instead of quenching it, that we can be people of faith who live in true and profound ways, We have the opportunity to see how the spirit is at work in our lives. We have the opportunity to celebrate with those who labor among us. Brian McLaren, who was our speaker that I spoke about a little while ago, also talked about a both and situation, a both and of organization and movement. The United Methodist Church started out as a movement. Do you guys know that? We started out because John Wesley felt like people needed to listen to the Holy Spirit a little more and to see how the Holy Spirit was guiding and directing them and to bring his church back to life. Now, movements can be messy. They can be messy because they're difficult. You're always going. The inspiration goes from one person to another, and you never quite know what's going on, so it's chaotic. And we evolved into this beautiful thing called the Methodist Church, which is now an organization, which is great because they have things like health care for us when we retire, um, UMCOR, which is that great... So service organization that makes sure that 100% of your money does go to the causes that you care about. But sometimes there's a lot of bureaucracy as well. Sometimes we can be like the Joel Osteens that say, we're waiting for the city to, to give us permission to open our doors because this is the protocol, instead of saying, you know, we've got a sports arena. We've got room for lots of people. Let's open our doors now. Let's not wait, let's just do it. We have a facility that is used by a lot of people, but I hope and pray that we will be people who say that if something happens, let's open our doors. Let's be people that make sure that the community knows that we are here first and foremost to support them and to shine God's light into the community. The scripture talked about laborers today, and that's because at first when I was thinking about the sermons for this weekend, it's Labor Day weekend. Why not talk about labor? Why not talk about the work that we do? And we appreciate those that feel called to be a part of committees, to be a part of of the working and the operation of the church. But we also want you to know that we support you if you are tired, if you are wearied, if you are faint of heart at this moment, we wanna support you. We want to be a place where we work together and celebrate community. And that's really what that passage in 1 Thessalonians is about, is celebrating and being community. Next week, if you come to the Activities Fair, you will have the opportunity to hear about Tables of Eight, which are going to be small fellowship groups that we're gonna ask you to join For a four-month commitment to meet once a month with seven other members of the church, to get to know them, to support them, so that we might labor together, but we might also support one another in times of need, in times of heartache, when we are just tired and weary and worn out we have the opportunity to rejoice into the Lord, to celebrate who God is. And as we think about this Labor Day and how this day invites us to rest, to refocus, and to be centered on God, I want to share with, with you a story from a devotional writer from a century ago. Her name is Letty Cowman, and she wrote about an Englishman who was exploring the deepest jungles of Africa traveling like British royalty. He had brought with him fine wines, his favorite foods, tons of books and parchment, and furniture and clothing as well. He had so much stuff that he had to hire an army of strong men from the local villages to carry all of his materials through the jungle. <laughs> On the first day of his grand safari, he pushed the laborers to an exa- uh, at an exhausting pace He wanted to cover as much distance as possible, and he did exactly that. As he lounged in his tent in the evening, he concluded that if such a pace were kept, he would see most of the continent and his journey would be a quick one. But on the second morning, the hired Africans refused to move. They sat there and no amount of pleading, cursing, or bribery could make them move. Finally, one of the young men explained that they were not especially tired. Rather, they had gone too far and too fast the first day, and they had to wait for their souls to catch up with their bodies. Ms. Kalman concluded her story with these words of reflection, and I want to remind you that these words were written 100 years ago. This whirling, rushing life which so many of us live does for us what that first march did for those poor tribesmen. but here is the difference. they knew what they needed to restore they knew what they needed to restore life's balance and too often we do not. as we focus on this weekend on Labor Day and celebrate the efforts and the labors that made this world and this community what it is, we also need to focus on that moment of rest, that moment of pause, so that our bodies can catch up with our souls, so that we can be prepared for when God gives us that next aha moment, that next moment of epiphany, where God says, don't quench my spirit, but go forth and serve my community. Amen? Amen. All right, we are about to participate in Holy Communion. As we were at clergy convocation this week, I had the opportunity to take communion with, um, with the twins as well as my mother and my niece. And while we were taking communion, I was holding both of the twins. They received communion from the bishop, or they received the bread from the, commission, or from the bishop. I received the bread. The twins watched me dip the bread into the cup. They followed suit and did the same thing. And when we walked away, my son Mark said, I want more. <laughs> It could have something to do with the fact that it was King's Hawaiian bread and it's really good. (laughs) But I want you to remember that as your souls are catching up with your bodies, this meal is one that hopefully leaves you wanting more because you know the goodness of God's love. You know the grace in your life and you know that that grace is available to all, amen? Let us be in prayer. It is good and fruitful work to give you thanks, almighty God, in all places and at all times and in all of our tasks, in our cars, our homes, our offices, our fields and our kitchens, at our tables, our desks, our telephones and computers, when we are resting or waiting, laboring or supervising, following or leading, all these we do with your, all your people now on earth and all of the multitude in heaven, praising your name. Holy are you and holy is your work among us in Jesus Christ, who came to be born in the home of a carpenter, a trade he learned and practiced, a laborer in our midst. He called out fishermen and activists. He healed the servant of a soldier. He received the support of resourceful women. He delegated his ministry to his disciples, empowering all of his followers to do his divine work in this world. By his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church and delivered us from the bondage of sin and the power of death and made with us a new covenant by water and the spirit.
2: On the night in which he gave himself up for us, he took bread gave thanks to you and broke the bread, gave it to his disciples and said, take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. And likewise, after the meal, he took the cup and again, he offered you thanks and shared it with his disciples saying, take and drink this. This is the blood of the new covenant, my blood poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you eat and drink this in remembrance of me. And so as a baptized and commissioned people remembering your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves, our daily lives, and our unique locations for ministry in the world, homes and hospitals, parks and stores, prisons and concert halls, as a living and holy sacrifice.
0: In your gentleness and wonder, God of all joy, pour out your Holy Spirit on us and on these gifts of your table. As the bread of life not only feeds us, but makes us one as Christ's body, may we bring healing to our broken world. As the cup of grace not only refreshes us, but unites us in the spirit of service, may we go forth to be a river of righteousness flowing to those who live in oppression and hopelessness. And as we gather at the table, you prepare for us in glory when we feast with all of our sisters and brothers from all time and place. We will join our voices and praise you forever. Almighty God, amen. Amen. I want to remind you again that this is a feast that is open to everyone. You do not have to be a member of this church or any church. You just have to desire to have God's spirit Refresh you as your body catches up or your soul catches up to your body We'll invite our communion stewards and ushers forward at this time
2: and nourished children of God, let's join together in the prayer our Lord taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not to the temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. And forever. Amen. Amen.
4: In all your living, and through your loving, Christy Yor Shalom, Christy Yor
0: We're going to invite you to find a hand to link up with as uh, Chris leads us out into the community to to represent God's love in the world, Walt and I will come join you in our midst. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. Amen.